Okay, where are all the spoons? The spoons! Ah, <laughs> I get it. You're looking for a snow day, aren't you? Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast, where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelanek, and this week, this week we're going to be talking about spoons and weather. Okay, it'll make sense in a bit, I promise, I promise. But as always, before we dive into the main topic, let's take a few minutes to cover other things. A wee bit of snow for me. You know, you guys almost lucked out. I was going to do this thing, right, where I got up early in the morning, got the GoPro out, or my Insta360, one of the two. It's going to get outside, do a walk in the snow, and record... Everything live. That was the game plan. It truly was the game plan. But alas, it just wasn't meant to be. Did get up early. Couldn't find the tripod for the life of me that the GoPro hooks to. So I hooked the Insta360 up to the front of me. And I, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll just get the video or something. But got out there right away. And the snow was, it was almost like sleet. You know, I, I, I was like, well, I was worried at first it was going to be the wind. And actually, I don't have a little wind guard for the GoPro. So I thought, eh, it's okay. Maybe, you know, I'll get around that. And, you know, as I've discussed in the last few weeks, that whole sound dampening with some snow still going on was in effect. So the wind really wasn't too bad from a sound standpoint. But those little granulars were just knocking off everything, and I could just hear it bouncing off everything. So it, it didn't work out that way. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I did get a little bit of snow. I had about, I don't know what the final measurements are going to be where I'm at. I, you know, I measured, it, it's tricky with this much wind trying to get an accurate measurement, somewhere between six and seven inches when I still had a, probably about another inch to fall. So probably got a little bit between seven and eight inches where I'm at. And I was truly at that dividing line. To the east of me, there are probably the potential of feet of snow going on. They're still getting snow even as I'm doing some recording. But to the west, and, and really not that far, could have just been just a few miles, you know, the, the totals really started ramping down. So we got more cold here, and, and the forecast really held to that. I was talking with somebody last night, and they were asking what I thought, and I said something for us in the range of eight inches. But I, you know, I, I said we're going to probably, if we're going to shift, it's probably going to be on the lighter side. You know, the risk is probably, I guess, it's less risk. the The potential is the downside of of the curve, if you will. There was kind of a wall. I didn't think we get more than ten, but it could have been as little as four when I was talking. You know, I was explaining to them why I thought that, and they said. Well, that's kind of what I've been seeing on averages from other forecasters. Like, yeah, I actually, with this storm, I think it's got a pretty good capture. And, you know, the way the modeling seems to be holding true to this this vision for the last 48 hours or so. And it seems to have hold, held true. We'll see what the totals end up being because, you know, east of me, out on Long Island and up towards Boston and more northeastern part of the U.S., they're expecting quite a quite an event and thankfully we didn't get as much wind as they're getting either it's it's one of those things a, a snow hurricane is not something that uh, I nef necessarily want to take part of and actually I even saw reports this week of a snornado as somebody called it in there the, I guess there was a storm in Greece and Turkey over in Europe and I'm not exactly sure where this snornado was snow snornado snornado was 
but apparently came in was more like a water spout came in on shore and kind of held up and it and it wasn't really while it was snowing it was after it snowed but it was still kind of a neat effect seeing that over a snow landscape and thankfully with it being kind of a water spout I knew it wasn't going to last too long and probably not too powerful so more of a visual kind of neat thing versus a potentially devastating thing if you will also had the AMS meeting this week now I know people want me to talk a little bit more about what I actually presented on, and I will do that. I'm not going to do it today, and and this whole snow thing, you'll understand why. And like I said, I kind of had mentally gotten ready to do this sort of record out in the in the openness uh, of the of the snowstorm, and was even going to use it. You know, as the as most everybody knows, I I put a version out on YouTube, and and most of the time it's just the still picture from whatever the cover art is for the episode. And I just attached the audio to that. But I really had hoped to take advantage of the snow event to do a recording live and have that be, you know, the video as well. But alas, it didn't happen. That kind of, you know, aside meant that I wasn't going to talk too much about the AMS meeting in terms of what I presented this week. But I thought I'd give you maybe three things that caught me in the takeaway from from that meeting. So it, it lasted, it ended up being all virtual. The student conference, which they tend to do as a, as a lead in, uh, still took place. They had the option of going in person. I'm glad they were able to do that. But really with Omicron going on, it wasn't just about the participants. It was about the staffing for the events. And that's been the other tricky part is trying to have enough people to support all these events and have it unfolded in a, in a way that's constructive for everybody was going to prove problematic as well. So it was all virtual, and my week was such where I was able to see, you know, at times a lot of sessions and other times not so much. Uh, wouldn't be all that different if I was there in person. And, you know, thankfully they're all recorded in, in the modern era anyway, so I can go back and look at them later if there were ones I wanted to see. But my, my three big takeaways were, one, heat kills. It was interesting. That was still kind of a theme, and it's always a good reminder. And I've mentioned it on the podcast before, from a weather standpoint, the biggest health threat for people most often is heat. You know, we talk about all these other things all the time, whether it's hurricanes or tornadoes, but because heat sort of, it's usually not an, an instant thing, right? It, it cre- a heat waves creep up on you. It's more of, can be a multi-day event or multi-hours, but it's not a sudden drastic thing. And it's not also often such that it's a sudden shift, like even a hurricane, which can be a big, you know, ongoing, you see it coming for days, whatever. The actual event usually is a few hours that it transpires, but with heat, you know, it can be the course of, a, of multiple days and it can be a cumulative thing that, that finally overwhelms people. The second thing was, well, what is it about the weather actually applies? There was a lot of research in talking about how weather is touching other elements of our lives. And I was really glad to see that. It's one of the things that I've kind of watched the evolution probably during the last 10 years where many of the research articles used to be very focused on the science of meteorology, okay, and how we're improving forecasting, those sort of things. But now you still get some of that. Like, you know, it's like I mentioned last year, AI and machine learning are helping us with weather forecasting or maybe even changing how we do forecasting. But there was also a lot of talk in in relating things to how people interact with weather, how that those weather things impact versus, you know, certain elements of their life. And, you know, 
we haven't always had that. And I think it's good at a conference like this for us to be exposed, you know, anybody who's sitting more on the science side or the forecasting side to see those other pieces, right? And, and understand how what you may be doing as a researcher or a forecaster is relevant to different sectors within you know our everyday lives. So it was kind of neat to see that. And the last really had to do with, it reminded me how much COVID impacted research. Now, you may think, okay, well, if you're working with computer models all day, you know, what's it matter? And, and that's true. In some ways, you could just go on and keep doing research if it was, you know, you're writing code or you're working with, you know, data or whatever it is. But on the flip side, and this kind of gets into what I just mentioned, if you're doing studies, and I did see a few of them that were, you know, how people were receiving different types of forecasts and they were testing different techniques to improve, as an example, hurricane forecasting. You know, there's always been this big debate about anybody who's ever followed hurricanes knows there's this thing called the cone or the cone of uncertainty, but there's also track line that goes through it and how, you know, is it best to represent what the our understanding of a track is going to be. And they were showing some different techniques. It was really neat. The challenge was you got to do that with a bunch of people. And that really hasn't been easy to do during COVID. And so hopefully people will really be able to get back to doing that sort of thing again soon. You know, every time we say that, you know, we've had another thing crop up. But hopefully, you know, we're going to be able to see what I saw were some really neat things really be vetted with real world examples. So those were kind of my three broad takeaways this year, maybe a little different than last year. Like I said, last year, I spent a lot of time really focused on where was AI and machine learning uh, in terms of the weather space. Okay, let's get to spoons and weather. And what in the world do they have to do with each other? And snow days for that matter. Now, as I said, this morning I was going to go out and do a recording, this specific podcast, and do it in the context of a ritual that I've developed related to weather. But a lot of people, when they think about weather and rituals, think about, you know, the old stories, superstitions, what can you do to make it rain or snow or stop rain or snow or, you know, get us out of a heat wave, whatever it might be, right? And they've been around for a long time. And, you know, rain's one that you hear a lot. Rain dances and things like that. You hear often. And those have been around thousands of years. And as we've learned more about the world around us, we realize that, you know, I, hopefully we don't put a lot of credibility in those. But we're all, I think to some extent, everybody at times can be superstitious to some level. Uh, I think we're all susceptible to it at times. And we do things, I mean, rituals are a lot of, of that, right? Because we perceive it as helping our luck and it, and it can be in just about anything we do. And in the modern era, this is, you know, I was looking into this a little bit, snow days seem to be one of those things. And they were talking about what people do to try to get a snow day so that they can get a day off work or a day off school or whatever it is. Now, when I was a kid, you know, I, I was having dinner with somebody just last night and talking about how things have changed. When we were kids, this other person and I, the cancellation of school was an, a morning of sort of thing. They'd get up and you'd listen to the radio and it'd be announced. And, you know, over time, I learned a little bit more about how that process unfolded. You know, they would 
have spotters around the county and understand what was going on, that sort of thing, at least where I lived. But now a lot of times they do it the day before and all that. So you know, maybe maybe some of these rituals will go away. I, I don't know. Maybe you just need to implement them sooner. But I started reading about things people do. And some of them translate into other things. One is like wearing your pajamas inside out. But that, that holds true. You see it a lot in sporting events where people have started turning, they call them rally caps, right? They turn their hats inside out and do different things. So it's not just about weather, right? It's, it's a reflection of things we do when we're hoping for something to unfold. And, you know, you can't, you got to break the curse or if somebody doesn't do it, it doesn't work out. You know, everybody's got to be in on it sort of thing. But I was reading this other one. It's like, Putting spoons under your pillow. I was like, I've never heard that before in my life. That That's not one that I was familiar with. Maybe I didn't have a chance for enough snow days when I was a kid or we weren't in an area where that. But like flushing ice cubes down a toilet, just some weird stuff, right? And so, yeah, those are rituals too and all that kind of unfolds. But really what I wanted to talk about wasn't so much those type of rituals about bringing weather or discouraging weather, if you will. I wanted to talk about rituals in the context of things that you do with certain weather okay now a lot of people have let's say for instance food things that they do and i've spent time you know in different parts of the country and i've I've witnessed a couple of these like even when i was living in chile in south america they used to have they had a dish there so anybody who's had kind of latin cuisine may be familiar with something called a sopapilla and this is this little fried dough sort of thing that's you know it depends on who makes it but let's say it's five or six inches in in diameter uh, and a lot of times you know, you get them made fresh on the street and you might be served with a variety of different things, maybe a, a mustardy type sauce or a salsa type sauce or something. This is something to dip it in a little bit, give it some extra flavor. But in Chile, they do this thing, and I don't think it's unique to Chile, where it's called sopapillas pasadas, and they take this block of sugar, if you will, but it, it's more like... Uh, if you're familiar with molasses, it's more of a, of a, of a heavier, darker type of sugar. So it's a, it's a sweet sauce, if you will, but it comes in a chunk. It really, it's like a bar of soap and you melt it and then you spread it. You know, it could be a, for some people, maybe it's an equivalent to a maple syrup or something like that. Flavor is still more sugary than, you know, syrupy, but context is still the same. It's, you know, you kind of soak it in this, this stuff and they serve it on, I mean, it, it, traditionally it's done on rainy days. Now, you you know, kids think it's a treat because they're getting this thing in, in, when it's raining. And in Chile, rain tends to come during the wintertime. But I started thinking that, you know, one of the other things is there's this byproduct that with it being moist outside, you know, anything that, you, any sort of fried food isn't going to stay as crisp when it's moist, right? And so it tends to ruin, ruin that texture and so maybe it's just a way to get rid of the old ones in any case I like them it was something that you know I took away from that sort of thing and and I came to look forward to it because a lot of times even restaurants that's what they'll serve if it's a rainy day it's like oh god I'm sure they're going in the background god we gotta serve this stupid dessert that everybody likes when it rains but you know it works out and I think you know a lot of us maybe have different rituals whether you know maybe it's on a rainy day as well maybe it's something like chicken noodle soup something to warm you up you know you've come in from outside being in the rain or maybe and i remember you know it there's something about like it getting to a certain heat during the summertime and homemade ice cream everybody decides okay this is the day finally it's hot enough or or whatever it is and doing homemade ice cream or or on a snow day as an example adding marshmallows to hot chocolate 
when I grew up was something that seemed to happen with winter weather. And we had so few of them in, you know, that was the time when little mini marshmallows were first developed. It was long before you could buy a little packet, right? So hot chocolate, hot chocolate for me as a kid, later it did, but early on didn't come in a little Swiss miss, tear it open and dump it in, add some water. It wasn't that simple. You actually boiled the milk and didn't want to scald the milk. And you, yeah, adding marshmallows was kind of a neat thing, right? But I even read another one like mac and cheese. I don't, you know, it seemed to me like that people just wanted an excuse to eat mac and cheese. But, you know, food is an example. But I guess what I'm curious about, and I'm going to give you a few for me. And actually, I hear the snow plow going on in the background. So sorry if the, the noise rifling through the microphone here, potentially. I'll give you three examples of rituals I have related to weather. All right. Because they do touch on it. And, each one of them is a little different thing and probably hit a little different phase of my life. So one of them I did today, right? I love when there's a snowstorm, particularly when there's one overnight, to be one of the first people out in the morning, probably before the sun comes up, just walking in the snow. I hope it's still snowing a little bit, but even if it's not snowing, just being out when I can still hear my footsteps, right? When I can hear them make that that crunch and that compression in the snow. The other sounds, as I've mentioned before, are kind of dampened because of the snow cover or the falling snow or the combination thereof. And I just enjoy the crispness of the air. Now, this morning, it was cold. And if I had recorded, I probably would have maybe regretted it because I had my face bundled up and everything else. But it just doesn't, I, I, I just, I find myself in another world, right? It can be cold. I, you know, I'm not saying I want to be out there for hours, but I find it as a mechanism to just really clear my head, to clear thoughts, whatever. They, it, it's kind of like, you know, just lets negative feelings go away, whatever it might be. I really, that's a ritual I enjoy doing. And it's something I certainly picked up. I didn't get to do it much when I was a kid. When I was living in upstate New York, and, you know, every few days I could actually literally do that most, most of the time. And I've kept it over time, and I'm glad I'm in, a, in an environment where I can do that again. It's just something that I really enjoy, right? I find uh, rejuvenating, and I find peaceful and calming all at the same time. So that's, that's one of my things. So that's literally something I do to interact directly with the weather, okay? So that, that's very specifically one that I undertake that is me with the weather, me being a part of the weather, I have another one that I developed when I was a kid, and I don't do it as much now, and, and I don't know that I've ever even told this. So if family members are going to hear this podcast and go, I never knew that. I have this thing, and, and like I said, I'm not sure I, I do it as much now, but certainly when I was a kid, when there was a dark day outside, and not only it didn't have to be raining, it didn't have to be windy or anything else, but when the sky was really dark, like maybe it, you thought it was going to rain, and I'm sure that triggered some of it or thought it seemed like there was going to be unsettled weather. But it didn't matter. Even on days when it didn't happen, it didn't discourage this behavior. I just would sort of do it. I would find myself organizing and, if you will, battening down the hatches. So if I was outside, you know, that might make sure things are in the carport that aren't sitting in the driveway or things are secured in the back room where we used to, you know, put tools and stuff. You know, even making sure like garbage can lids were, were closed. So it was a little bit of straightening up, but it was also a little bit, and, and people who know me won't be surprised that I did something that involved straightening up. 
but I would even do it inside, like in my own room, right? Like in my desk or stuff, I would find stuff. I'd put it away. I'd organize it and knowing darn well that there was, the weather wasn't going to do anything inside my room, but it was something about the weather that triggered that response in me. And it's just become part of what I do. Like I said, I, I don't know that it hits me as often now, but and I'm not talking like just overcast days. I'm talking those days when it goes from, you know, maybe it's even the change when it goes from, you know, just clouds you can't see through where it feels like an eclipse almost. And it just triggers something inside me to do this kind of, and I, like I said, I'm sure it's some sort of safety, you know, preparedness sort of thing. But quite often, those are not the days that turn into rainy days or stormy days. And so... Don't know where it came from. Don't know what initially triggered it, but it's something I've I've just always done. Now the other one is somewhere between those two, and, and I'll tell you, you know, when I see a frontal boundary on a weather map, and I know it's going to cross me, and I know wherever I'm at, it's likely to trigger storms for a period of time. Now, theoretically, thunderstorms, but it can be just a heavy downpour of rain. You will find me almost always seeking a place to work or study or do whatever I'm doing in front of a window where I can watch the storm go by. And, you know, ideally, if the, if I can open the window and hear it, that helps. But I, I find things that involve solving logic. And it, it can be as simple as doing a logic puzzle or working on a puzzle sometime. But with work stuff, if I've been working on something, like let's say I, you know, you're coding something and something, I may be doing something that's solving a mathematical situation, or I might be doing something that's, you know, creating some sort of output. But I'm talking about the type of coding that really is working on the logic piece, right? That's, that's solving something and making sure that I've got all the pieces lined up that need to line up properly. And for some reason, when I'm in that mode for the period of time before and after that storm for, you know, knowing that it's coming and watching it go by and then getting back to it, I, there's a, there's a period of time afterwards where I just find myself in the zone. And so I try to take advantage of that. So if I know it's coming, I'll go, oh, you know, I've been working on this thing and I've been kind of hitting a roadblock. Let me see if it'll help me mentally. For some reason, it helps me mentally focus. I don't know. Just a thing. Like I said, there I'm sort of interacting with the weather. I may be watching it and like I said, also listening. But the goal isn't about interacting with the weather. It's leveraging what those sort of events, probably because there's a certain time window that something's going to transpire and it, it just creates a level of focus in me that I wouldn't have otherwise. Again, don't have an easy explanation, just just another ritual that I kind of go through. Let me know yours, okay? I'd really like to hear from you, okay, as to if you have things that are ritualistic around the weather. And it could even be like other things. You do some sort of rain dance. I'd really like to hear about it. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? Mark underscore Jelinek on Twitter. Of course, you can do what is about the weather on Twitter as well. Just let me know. Be interested to know what your weather rituals are. But in the meantime, in the meantime, the next time you're looking for some spoons and you just can't seem to find any, just remember, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.